and uh, 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 and I usually not, and uh, uh, and for uh, some reason I, I was, but I started thinking about the uh, uh, how it all started for me, and and I think that that's always the best way for me to tell my story. Um, when uh, I was a kid, I uh, started overeating at a really young age, probably four or five, and I uh, started gaining weight. And uh, my mom was trying to do something about it. And uh, so she started restricting my food, my restricting my access to the kitchen after hours and stuff like that. And uh, and it, the only thing that she really achieved was I, I, it made me a secret eater. And I, I got really good at stealing uh, food out of the kitchen, hiding it away, and then uh, just like a squirrel or something, and then coming back to it later. And I would, uh, and, and bread became my, uh, I, I would say, my drug of choice at a very early age because it was the easiest thing to steal in our house uh, because we had a bread box on the uh, kitchen sink and I could sneak in that kitchen through the back way and I could get three or four uh, uh, pieces of bread, crunch them up into little balls and throw them under the covers of my bed. Uh, and then when I went to bed later on that night, I would have a little binge under the covers. And uh, uh, and so and that went on for for a while. And then I kind of graduated into sandwiches. I would do lines of sandwiches, you know, because uh, my, the days when my mom wasn't there and she didn't. She, it wasn't every day. But uh, and the days that she wasn't, I would sneak into the kitchen and I would make sure that I could see the driveway and to see if when she uh, started up the driveway so I could sneak and run. Uh, but I would I would uh, do four or five uh, sandwiches. Sandwiches, and I would uh, I would get everything out. I would uh, usually it would be the the things that we almost always had was bologna in the uh, uh, in the refrigerator. And I make bologna sandwiches, and um, and I make all the sandwiches. I put the mustard away, mayonnaise away, whatever I I put on them. I would put it all away, and then I would start eating the sandwiches while I'm still looking down the driveway because I didn't want to have to try to scatter and put everything away if she came down the driveway. I'd have to be ready to run with just my sandwiches and uh, anyway uh, and, and then if she didn't come down the driveway by the time I was done I'd make another line of them and uh, and that was what I uh, and and I remember one time uh, uh, Stan had come into the meeting the morning meeting uh, and he used to watch some show on uh, like a today show or something like that and they were honoring uh, some guy that was 100 years old and they asked him what the secret of his his uh, longevity was, and he said, hey, I ate a bologna sandwich every day of my life. And I laughed and I said, I bet he's eat, be eaten more than he has. And uh, of course, I'm getting close to 100 now, but I haven't had a bologna sandwich in 34 years. And uh, yeah, and, and it's so strange how, the, how those things happen. But let me let me tell the story and then we'll, we'll get back to some of that. Um, when uh, so I, I, I kept getting weight when uh, I came to, I started, when I started trying to control my weight, I would, I did all the normal things. I did the Weight Watchers and, and uh, then I, I did the diet doctors and then the fad diets. And I can't tell you how many uh, diet books I had. And, um, but I try, I always tried. If I, somebody lost weight, I'd ask them how, and whatever they were doing, I was going to, I was going to try to do it. And even with all of those efforts of trying to, to control it, I, I, I got up to over 300 pounds. And, uh, 
when I was, uh, so when I, I, uh, I guess I was uh, 39 at the time, the school that I had graduated from was a men's school and they had um, then been contracted to uh, host a study uh, a longevity study for, uh, on middle-aged men. And I was in the right age range, age, age range. And uh, that was, uh, uh, and I, as I said, I was 39 and I went through the screening process and they were, what they were going to do is put half of the people on this government uh, developed diet and exercise program and half of the people, they were going to let them just do what they would normally do. And my hope was I would get on that uh, one where the government uh, would do for me what I could not do for myself. And uh, which was to maintain any kind of uh, decent weight and that. So I, I went in there for the screening and the doctor that uh, that was in charge of the uh, study, he called me into his office and he said, I'm sorry, you're not a candidate for this program. And I said, why not? And he said, because you're going to be dead by the time you're 50. And I was 39. And, you know, people had always told me, oh, if you don't do something about your weight, you're going to die. And uh, I always said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I always thought, well, maybe someday I would just tip over dead. And I, I've unfortunately got to see uh, death by obesity up close and on more than one occasion. And uh, since then, it's not the way it goes. Um, anyway, but it, uh, uh, and that got me started on really getting serious. I, my first effort uh, was uh, the OptiFast program at UCLA, and I lost 156 pounds in nine months, and it was awesome. And I was never felt more powerful over food. And finally, I'd found the answer. So I, when I always read that part of Bill's story, when he talks about, you know, the, I had arrived. Yeah, that, that's the way I felt. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't last long because when we went through realimentation, which is a reintroduction of food, uh, there I was. I was off and running again, and I gained all the weight back. Uh, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Uh, that's, uh, that's what that period of time was because all these people had been patting me on the back, telling me what great willpower I had, and they were so proud of me, and I believed them, and I thought so too. And uh, I was even going to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but uh, the disease took over. That's all I can say. And it led me uh, after uh, a little bit of time because I had to get on that, that UCLA uh, wagon again and do a restart and lost it a second time. So we're talking five or six years here. And, uh, and so the third time I was on the UCLA plan, I, uh, I couldn't do it anymore. The disease had moved in on, uh, and I, I, I was unable to do it. And um, I uh, uh, heard about OA uh, and uh, went to my first meeting. Uh, it was um, over at Prince of Peace Church over on Covina Boulevard, not far from the Skivvy office. And um, I went, uh, I, I pulled into the parking lot and I was really, you know, like a lot of us are very hesitant to walk into that, that the meeting. And uh, this lady pulled in and she said, uh, she said, you looking for a meeting? I said, yeah. And she says, here, follow me. It was Nora. Some of you know, remember Nora. She was an awesome lady. And um, anyway, so she took me in. She introduced me to the people there at the meeting and really made me feel welcome. And so I, 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 so I, I heard stuff that I had not heard before. I heard 
people that were sharing their experience with food. And, and they obviously felt uh, or, or had the same disease. That, I didn't know it was a disease yet, but the, the same thing that I had, I didn't think that other people did. I didn't think other people struggled like that because I was such a secret guy. And, um, and sure enough, uh, and they had, uh, they had come to a place of where they had a, a, an actually uh, a, a relationship with food instead of having to eat it all the time. And, and I, I really identified with some of the people there, but when they start talking about the God stuff, they, they lost me. And uh, so I went home and, and uh, you know, the reading today talks about acting as if I actually uh, started thinking about, well, I, I could act as if I was abstinent. I could, uh, but I could never give up bread. I, that would be impossible because that had been my buddy ever since I was a kid. And, uh, but I could, but I, I could pretend that I, that I'm uh, giving up whatever I have to. So um, that was kind of my mindset after meeting one. So meeting two, uh, Thursday night, Kavina uh, Inter Community Hospital meeting. And uh, uh, I go into that meeting and the topic that night was miracles. And um, we were sitting at this big oval table and they, uh, so let's go around uh, the table and everybody share miracle story. So all these people are sharing these goofy miracle stories and it comes to me and I tell them, I said, oh, those are coincidences. Those aren't miracles. And, uh, and you know, and you would you would expect that here's this new guy that walks in is is going to start getting belligerent and arrogant and all of this stuff that invite him to leave. You know what they did? They told me to keep coming back. Yeah, Rusty spoke up and she said, keep coming back and maybe you'll see your own miracle. And so the only commitment I made was to come back on Sunday. And uh, uh, and so the um, Saturday that followed that Thursday night meeting, my uh, uh, my first wife uh, had baked a batch of chocolate chip cookies and she said, you want some of these? And I said, I don't eat those anymore. And uh, I cannot tell you the feeling of freedom that I had. Now, remember when I was on the UCLA diet that I did not eat solid food for nine months. And uh, this was not anything like that. This was different because I always knew that food was there someplace. That now the food made no difference to me whatsoever. I had had the obsession lifted without me doing anything. And it was a miracle of per, of, of, of personal proportions that only me and God can can know. And, um, uh, and I knew it had happened. And, uh, and I knew it was a God. And uh, I knew that I had to do my part didn't know what it was. And, uh, and so I, I started, uh, I, I started going to meetings, I started reading the literature, I started uh, uh, just listening uh, to cassette tapes of AA speakers. Uh, uh, there were a lot more AA speakers on tape than there were OA. And, and, uh, and it was probably a blessing because uh, uh, I heard, uh, I really heard some good stuff. And uh, I had uh, my home meeting was a Monday night meeting over in Hacienda Heights. And somebody gave me a set of tapes from Bill B. And Bill B, it was a whole set where he's taking a retreat through the steps. And so that was my first.
my birthday, birthday party, party. She was part of, uh, of of old timers. And uh, after the uh, the meeting, uh, he was just mobbed with all these people and everything. And and uh, uh, he was a circuit speaker in OA and a really good guy. Uh, and I uh, so I wrote on the back of my business card, uh, uh, "Your tapes have really helped me. Thanks." And I hand I, I reached over the crowd and I, I handed it to him, and he put it in his pocket. And that and that was it. And then about maybe three weeks later. At uh, my uh, my work, I, I, I received this package uh, in the mail, a good sized package, and I, I go, what the heck is this? And I opened it up, and it was from Bill B. Uh, uh, from he got my address obviously from the business card, and it was a whole set of different tapes uh, uh, of him giving a retreat. And he said, I thought you might like these. And then another three weeks go by, and I get another set. And he uh, uh, and so then I uh, uh, fast forward to the men's meeting that uh, uh, that I found in OA and or found me, I guess. And um, uh, and we invited Bill to uh, to be one of the to be the speaker. And he lived way out in the San Fernando Valley. And we had only maybe 10, 12 guys. And he drove all the way out and. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, I shared with him the thing. He didn't remember it. Didn't re he didn't had no memory of it. And the reason was, is because it was such an everything thing for this guy that this guy had step 12 down Pat and he lived step 12 at once a month. He would, he would, uh, uh, bring newcomers into his house and he would teach, he would take them through the steps in, uh, in like a private setting. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I guess he did that for years. But um, then they and so they uh, 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 I guess I go, you know, I lost I lost the weight and, uh, uh, you know, over time, I was thinking about it as I as I was losing the weight, I was thinking about it. What if I stopped losing the weight and I at 230 pounds, uh, that that would be way too heavy. So what am I going to do? And so then I start thinking about well, what can I do? I can go on a diet, duh, God, I, how many times have I tried that? That doesn't work. Uh, so, and then I realized the only thing I could do would be to accept myself for whatever weight I ended up at. And so people would ask me, so what is your goal weight? As I was losing the weight, uh, people in program. And I said, I, I don't have one. I've, I've, I, I've, I'm going to have to just wait and see what my my weight is that God gives me. And uh, uh, and that's kind of the way that it's been ever since. And uh, <clears throat> in uh, 2011, I had a stroke and uh, uh, and the uh, uh, and it changed a lot of things in my life. It, uh, and one of the things that it changed was my ability to exercise. I used to walk and I live in a very hilly part of town. And uh, I, I used to walk these hills uh, on a daily basis uh, for maybe hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours sometimes. Thank you, uh, Lance. And um, and uh, I couldn't do that anymore. And my weight started going up. And a long time ago, I had heard, uh, I had read in Sober Times, which was an AA. Uh, uh, I'm not an AA, by the way, but I I I, I do uh, get a lot of my program from those folks. Um, Anyway, but they uh, 
they they had a guest writer in the uh, Sober Times who was uh, uh, who was an OA person, and uh, she said that uh, when you get to maintenance, the scale becomes a measure of honesty, not of weight, and uh, and, and that really resonated with me. So I weigh myself every Thursday, uh, whether I want to or don't want to. I weigh myself every Thursday just to make sure that I'm being honest with myself and my food. And, uh, uh, and so the, uh, uh, and so in the reading today, it says, it's not a measure of, you know, we uh, measure of progress. I totally agree with that. It's not, it's a measure of honesty. And, uh, uh, and that for me, I'm not saying that's for anybody else, but just for me, you know, God sends these things to us. And, and, and when those little truths hit, we know it. We know that that was meant for us. Um, uh, they, uh, the last thing I, I want to talk about was the uh, step study uh, the other night. We we're uh, uh, just doing, we did step 12 and uh, we were, uh, uh, and this time through, we had used the uh, uh, OA 12 and 12. And I want to tell you, step 12 and the OA 12 and 12 is awesome. Uh, you got to read it. If even you don't read the rest of it, read that one. And uh, and it started me remembering. It started me remembering some of the guys that I've sponsored over the years. And I I told my sponsor that uh, you know if it weren't for anonymity, I think I could write a book on each one of them. They're such great guys, and um, uh, and and uh, so such acts of service that I. And I forgot to witness. And uh, and I remember, I just remembered, you know, the one one guy that uh, uh, he showed up with this guy in his in his truck. The guy weighed maybe six seven hundred pounds, and uh, uh, he couldn't get in a car, but he got him in his truck, and he would bring him to the men's meeting, and uh, uh, and then later on the the guy was living in a storefront in east l.a down on whittier boulevard and uh, uh and he uh, he couldn't fit in the shower that they they had there and so this guy built him a shower out behind uh his place and uh, uh and and about maybe five years ago uh for some reason that i was uh, down in that area and I said, oh, that's where uh, Teddy's, uh, uh, where he used to live at that storefront. And so I drove around the block and I drove down the alley and the shower was still there that uh, that uh, uh, this uh, fellow had built. And um, uh, and I, uh, you know, and, and this was, you know, like something that uh, uh, that to me, where I came from, it was every man for himself. And uh, and, and here this program is not. We are so lucky. We are so fortunate and so blessed that uh, to have this program, um, I can tell you that uh, uh, that without it, I would have been dead a long time ago. Those guys that said I was going to be dead by 50, they would have been right. Uh, uh, there was an independent thing where I plugged in those same numbers. Uh, it was on the Internet and it uh, told me that I had died in November of 1992. I would have been, uh, that would have been 52 years old at the time. So the doctor wasn't, wouldn't have been far off. But uh, like they say, a funny thing happened to be out of the way of the cemetery. I found my first OA meeting. And I think that's all I need to share today.
Thank you.